2: Today in history in 1963, armed robbers stole 2.6 million pounds, which I hear was a lot back in the day, from the Glasgow-London Royal Mail train near Bredego Bridge, north of London, in what is called the Great Train Robbery.
0: Welcome to What the Fuck History, where we discuss the wackiest and weirdest things that make us say, well, what the fuck history. I am your corrupt county lawman, Zachary, and I ain't... Wow. I I fucked up my intro. Take
2: it from the top! We can top. start that again.
0: Nope, not taking it from the top. Just fucking rolling with it. Oh, I'm dang. just your corrupt county okay. lawman, and I can't speak. <laughs> nice.
2: Damn, Dude. My name is Megan, and I'm here to tell you tonight what the real gay agenda is.
1: Ooh. And I'm Matt. Today I learned that the first-ever customer complaint was written on a stone slab in cuneiform and was about the sale of copper from a man by the name of Ia Nasir. And the complaint read... Oh, yeah. Tell Ia Nasir, Nani sends the following message. When you came, you said to me... I will give you fine-quality copper ingots. You left, but you did not do what you promised me. You put ingots which were not good before my messenger and said, If you want to take them, take them. If you do not want to take them, go away. What do you take me for, that you would treat me with such contempt? How have you treated me for that copper? You have withheld my money bag from me in enemy territory. It is now up to you to restore it to me in full. Take notice that I will not accept any copper from you that is not of fine quality. I shall select and take the ingots individually in my yard. And I shall exercise against you my right of rejection because you have treated me with contempt.
2: This is like a an review. Amazon That's a novel.
1: That's a one-star Yelp <laughs> review. Of Ian Asir's... <laughs> that, one is an Amaz- that is every novella. Amazon Ian Asir's review. Ian Copper. The only reason Jeez. that like I was tempted to look that up is because I saw... Um, have you guys seen The Good Place?
2: Yes. Uh, I've seen episode okay. one. Okay. So there's a scene
1: in a later season where cheaty is talking to uh, Michael, I think is Ted Danson's character. And he's talking about how he saw, like, time folded in on itself. And uh, the character says, yeah, the time knife, we've all seen it. But,
2: we've all uh, seen but the it. meme
1: that I saw was, like, I saw a ton of copper ingots and there were impurities in all of them. And then the Michael <laughs> character responds with, yeah, Ian is copper. We've all seen it. And I was seen like...
2: <laughs> we've all I seen was, it. I was like,
1: "What? what is this from? Like... And I kept seeing references to, like, if you're trying to buy copper, don't go to Ian Asir. And I was just like, okay, Okay. I want to look up what this guy is all about. And this is where I found uh, the oldest ever customer complaint. Fuck yeah. And I did need to read it in full because I think it's important to note that this guy swindled someone way back when.
2: I i do really appreciate like the heroes among us who do take the time to like go onto amazon or yelp and write like either honest reviews good or bad yeah but like i have decision paralysis and i can read like 500 positive reviews and then the one negative review i'll be like that's the one like i'm gonna get that one i'm
1: i'm exactly the same way where like I'll read i I'll get read bad. so many reviews that are so positive and then I see the one negative and I'm like maybe I shouldn't.
2: But but it's because that one negative one is so out of pocket. They're just and it's it's like never normal. It's never just like I got it and I just like really wasn't satisfied with what I needed it to do. It's always just like I ordered a travel pillow and I every time I put my face on it, I started breaking out. And I was like, why am I breaking out? And so I, I took the machine washable cover off of it, and I realized that the foam inside was riddled with mold, and now I'm poisoned for life. <laughs> and you're like, oh, my God, like, maybe. That's a once <laughs> like, in a
1: lifetime review, but I don't want it to happen to me. But what
2: if? So I know, I'm like, what if?
0: Here's the thing. Yes. I, I hear what you're saying. I have the complete opposite, because I see a one-star review where every other has given it five stars, and clearly those five stars aren't bots, and I'm just like, so this one batshit person needed a reason to complain. Okay, it's good. Yeah. Like
2: No. I, you're, you're a unicorn among us. I also don't buy many things, so... Yeah, because you get it, you make real people money, but you can't spend like real people. Yeah, yeah that's that's how the world works. We're that's not the, allowed how, the, how to spend works. like
0: real people. The way the the that's way economy the works, works is you make
1: money, and then you make hoard money. it, and then you die.
2: Never spend, <laughs> never spend it, and then you die.
1: Yeah, but if you think like the pharaohs of old, you can take it with you to the afterlife.
2: See, here's the that's thing. That's true. If, if,
0: If I have a a significant amount of wealth Uh at the end of my life Uh and I still have my faculties, Uh I'm going to buy gold Uh and I'm going to bury it. And I'm going to invite anyone who could possibly be in my will on a treasure hunt. And if they find it, they can keep it. If they can't, I'm dead. Why do I give a shit?
2: That's fair. Uh, That's that's so nice. People love it. They love events. I was going to say something, but I can't remember
1: what I was going to say.
2: Probably The Order. It was probably The
1: Order. Oh, yeah, The Order. Um... Oh, no, I was going to say this. Audience, if you're looking for a real good laugh, uh, go onto Amazon and look up the one-star reviews for Haribo sugar-free gummy bears. Anyways, uh, we have set our strikes to zero, and we've played a game of Rock, Paper, Scissors... And the order for tonight is Megan, and then it's me, and then Zach is the Caboose. The
2: Caboose. The Caboose. Caboose. All right. So I'll get into it. Like, whenever you're ready.
1: But first, you have to tell us the name of your story.
2: That's true. Um, so I did hem and haw about it, and I decided that the name of my story is going to be What Conservatives Think the Gay Agenda Really Is. That is a long
1: title, but we've so far done some pretty long stuff this episode, so.
2: Yeah, um, well, I'm about to crack it open for you, you know,
1: um, I'm like. Tell us about the conservatives' thoughts on the gay agenda.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna be Nancy Drew about their thoughts. Okay. Uh, so, <clears throat> I'm gonna start the story now. Um, so I started with uh, "Oh, to be forced into nunhood," which is an interesting way to start a story. I it think. It is. Um, I. I think being forced into nunhood uh, is like a threat or a blessing for like some women um, because like once you're behind cloister walls. Guess who wasn't there? God? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, maybe. Uh, he. God might have been there, but, like, more in the material plane, the people who weren't there were, like, men. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, dads or brothers or uncles, and, like, the threat of men disappointing you with their lack of sexual prowess and emotional maturity. All of those things disappeared in Cloisters. They just, like, weren't, weren't available. Um, however for antonio de arauso uh being a nun wasn't what he really wanted Uh, because antonio was born yeah or he uh he was born catalina in 1585 okay 92. um and they lived in the basque region of spain his father was a military commander, and from a very young age, they trained with his brothers in the art of the blade. Uh, Excellent. So that's what a what a nice father son bonding experience. Um, However, around the age of four, Antonio was taken with his sisters to the convent of San Sebastian El Antiguo, where his mother's cousin was the prioress. So it was like, had an inroad into the nunnery. Um, obviously, Antonio was like, fuck the church. He never had a religious calling. And as a result, felt really imprisoned in the convent and refused to take the vows. Uh, good for him. He was. I know, good. Good for him. When the setting church healthy pressures boundaries. You, Healthy boundaries with God. That's what it's all about. <laughs> uh, so because Antonio was kind of like the wild child of the nunnery, um, he was constantly confined to his cell and fought with the other nuns. He was just beating the shit out of them. Uh, and at the age of 15, after another beating from a senior nun, because the senior nuns are just like, hey, you can't be beating the shit out of the younger nuns. Um, Antonio was like, it's time to make my grand escape.
1: Well, uh, I imagine. So I imagine first he said, watch me, motherfucker.
2: Yes. I just like that he was beaten did. ass the whole
1: time he was there. Beating
2: ass and beating
1: ass. ass.
2: Maybe later. Oh, okay. He did eat ass. I don't... It's unclear. Um, So Antonio's like, it's time for escape. And he found the keys to the convent, waited for the other nuns to be at morning prayer, and he was like, see you never. He donned men's clothes, cut his hair, and headed for the next city. So from this point on, Antonio was a fugitive because he ran away from family and Jesus Christ, our savior. Uh, and so in the city of Vitoria, Antonio met a professor who was married to another of his mother's cousins, because everyone in this story is somehow his mother's cousin. And the man took him in without recognizing him, but once the professor turned abusive, Antonio stole his money, met a mule driver, and headed to another city.
0: Fuck yeah. Keep on the run. That's what you do. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you keep, keep moving. Keep, keep them on the run. Um, so then Antonio assumed another name, Francisco de Loyola, and entered the court of Philip III of Spain.
0: <laughs> okay. He
2: served... I know. I was like, how'd you do that? So he, he served for seven months as a page of the king's secretary, and everything was going great until the Fire Nation or his father showed up Okay, looking for his kid who had escaped from the convent. And Antonio was like, well, now the, wetter, the water is like getting kind of hot here. So he decided to head off to another city again. Keep, keep moving. Um, however, his, his luck took a downturn here because he couldn't find a place to stay. And he also ended up getting into a fight with some boys. He injured one and then spent a month in jail. So he keeps getting into fights. Okay. This boy can't stop fighting. Right? He loves... He he studied the blade. What can I say?
0: (laughs) Fair enough, I guess.
2: So upon getting out, he left and obviously went to another city where he found work as another page for another lord, and then he left that again and headed back to his hometown where he lived as a man unrecognized by his family. Which is crazy. Um, Then he headed onto the sea, onto a galleon owned by his mother's cousin again, and went to the Indies. And during this time, he used many different men's names and dried his breasts with a secret ointment. I don't know what that means.
0: I I don't know what that means either, but I'm so curious.
2: I tried to figure out what that meant, but it's unclear. Um, (laughs) I feel like I do a lot of stories where there's... This is the second story where someone's boobs are wild. I
1: love wild boobs, though. Love wild boobs. Yeah, I'm...
2: The, you the guys wild ever seen boobs. boobs out in the so, wild? Every just day. Just like walked around I mean, and seen
1: a just a free titty. Just the oh, way no, God no, I haven't intended? seen a free
2: titty. It, no, uh, I've never seen a free range titty.
0: <laughs> I mean, I I I guess I've seen free have range you titties
1: before. In the uh, wild. Have you? In the wild. Out in the world. Yeah,
0: like I've been outside and there have been boobs. Before. There have been boobs in the outdoors. No,
2: no, no. Like. Like unsheathed, right? Is that what you're referring I'm to? I'm
1: referring to freed titties. The way God okay. intended.
2: I've never seen a free titty. I have not either. Okay.
1: Zach, where have you gone that you've seen free titties? I'm. I think I'm just confused by the. Zach, I'm talking about like out in the world, mm-hmm. where boobs exist. Yes. Have you seen a boobs without a shirt or bra? Uh, in yeah. In the in the but in. In public. Y- yeah. Oh okay.
0: Where? Where? You've never been to. You've never been to like a, a sh- like a show before. I've been to shows. I've get...
1: not seen titties at shows. Well, then you're going to the wrong kind of shows. I mean, yes, inherently yes, Damn. but also
2: inherently yes. <laughs> I just went <laughs> to a question. rent there. They
0: had a Kilton corset contest. No titties popped out, but like but they it were could close. Could have happened. Could have
1: happened. Yeah. They yep. were still Uh-oh. hiked up to the goddamn rafters. I'm just saying, I haven't seen any titties out in the wild yeah, exposed. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Well,
2: Antonio didn't want his titties exposed either, which is why the secret ointment. Yes, came secret into ointment play. that dries them up. Yeah, apparently. I don't. <laughs> this is a weird secret ointment. So after the titties were gone, Antonio landed in Venezuela where he had an encounter with a Dutch pirate fleet. Which he defeated Yes. He then yeah. shot and killed I know, he defeated a whole fleet And then he shot and killed his uncle Stole 500 pesos And set on, on his own Telling the other sailors that his uncle Had sent him on an errand <laughs> he like, I fucking love <laughs> he <was> that like, <laughs> He's like Don't ask where he is He definitely told me it. to he come here He just told me to
0: go get some milk
2: <laughs> Yeah I will definitely be back. So then he went to Panama, Peru, and then Ecuador, where a strong wind sank his ship and he had to swim to save himself while the rest of the crew died because he was like, fuck them. Yeah, Uh, fuck the crew. Then he, yeah, fuck the crew, dumb bitches who didn't know that I killed my uncle then he got into another fight with a young man who threatened him at a comedy theater and Antonio was like get out of my face or I'll take yours and the guy was like excuse me you'll take my face and then he proceeded to cut this man's face off um, and then he got taken to jail again
1: well yeah yeah, he's, he, he cut a man's face off that happens when you cut off a face yeah, yeah he cut
2: this cut that man's face off and he got taken to jail uh, as you can imagine, his troubles were not over even when he got out of jail because that guy who had the ruined face came to challenge him again. And this uh, time he had amigos. I need, and I need to
1: know to what extent his face was cut off.
2: I was know, like a chunk of it carved, cut off? I think he carved like a chunk of his face off.
1: Okay. I see. So he's just like missing a cheek or two. So it wasn't like he flayed the man's face.
2: Well, who can say at this point? Well, if about the man survived, is capable to of fight again another
1: day. I would assume that. Well, he the entirety of his face was not
2: removed. No, I, mean- I don't think the entirety of his face is removed, but like I think some of his face was removed. Yeah, so okay. like a chunk.
1: Just a chunk. Yeah, so a chunk. Just like a chunk of his face. Of
2: his face. Yeah. And he was like, I can't believe you took my face. Me and my friends are very upset about that. And so Antonio was like, yeah, what are you going to do? And so they got into a fight and Antonio killed one of them and it was sent to jail again. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have to say,
1: for all the reasons that this man is being sent to jail, they all make sense. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. You cut off a man's face, you go to jail. You kill a man, you go to jail. What I don't understand yep. is how he keeps getting out. Getting out of jail?
2: I think He's
1: got a lot of murder, Monopoly cards.
2: I think murder was less of a crime back in the 1500s. That's fair.
1: I, I don't know. It's still murder. No, it makes sense. It tracks.
2: Yeah, but like... It happens
1: Cause okay. duels were like a thing back then So
2: Yeah I mean listen what I think Nowadays with medicine Right Murder doesn't just happen A lot okay. But I think like You cut someone with a sword Cause we all have swords Back in the 1500's Murder just kinda happens sometimes my okay, accident. you know what,
0: you know what, fair enough. Like, the, there's a lot of incidental manslaughter.
2: Yeah, yeah, like, it's not my fault that, like, we play with big knives.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I get that. I don't
2: have the option to play with a big knife right now. Like, because swords are not some, there's no sword store on my street. That's lame. But back in the day, there might have been. Yes. Yes. So Antonio kills another person sent to jail again, but his friend, because he has friends, bailed him out and then sent him off to Lima with a, a letter of recommendation. What this letter could have said, I don't know, but they had to do a lot of lying, being like, this man definitely hasn't killed a man. So the, the letter of recommendation was to a rich merchant who gave him a shop job. But Antonio, as we are coming to find out, was a wanderer or a fondler. And some accounts say that he left this job because he was discovered fondling a woman, uh, the sister of the shop owner, no less, and was dismissed. I, uh,
1: okay. so things are getting, I can't decide getting whether on. I like this guy or not.
0: I hate I know. him so much. I <laughs> Um, so He's just an asshole. So
1: Zach has it's, done a long-running series of gentlemen crimes men, and this particular men is not a gentleman
2: no, of crimes. No. No. Defin- a lot of crimes, not, not really not a gentleman. gentlemanly about it. Yeah. Yeah. So then after he was done fondling, the sister of the shop owner, he was dismissed. He then went to Chile and enlisted as a soldier or a conquistador. And his exploits as a conquistador, including killing a lot of natives, and that got him promoted to a lieutenant. However, not long um, after being promoted, he entered into his villain era, I, I guess. He wasn't there already? Maybe... <laughs> no not yet (laughs) no because then he was mad he was mad that he he wasn't being further promoted in the army and so he just started killing people he met on the road and causing property damage and he just started assassinating people so he, he okay and then the army the army was just like hey you got to stop doing that. Could
0: you not? Um,
2: we're going to we're going to have to let you go. And Antonio was mad about that.
1: It, I uh, don't so then think he... that you need to keep telling us Antonio got mad about things cuz I think I it think... just <laughs> You can just assume that he's angry. Yeah. When somebody yeah. tells him no, he's angry. When somebody tells like him it. yes, yeah. he's angry that's his that's yeah. his problem or that's his secret he's always angry he's angry yeah.
2: he's yeah so he got really angry and then he didn't have the army like with a leash on him anymore and so um he when he 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 met his brother again and he killed him in a duel and he went back to jail for that <sighs> and then when he got released he he got released again and he started mass killing indians and smuggling and and dueling more um and then in 1623 he was arrested again because of another dispute to avoid execution uh and he confessed that he was a woman so i guess that came in handy. So he was just like, I haven't been a man this whole time. I've been a lady. And so the bishop of the area was just like, You can't kill a previous nun, even though.
0: <laughs> never, took
2: she's nun such, never took any nun oaths. Never took any nun oaths and committed a lot of atrocities. <sighs> I'm pretty sure and that most the bishop...
1: of his atrocities are considered <laughs> war crimes nowadays. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: I I like how he plays the gender card at the end. He's uh, a fuck. I just so, think he's a war criminal. Yeah. He's a war criminal. So then the bishop is just like, "Well, I'm going to I'm going to have the group I'm going to have some women confirm this because at this point I don't know what to believe." And so he had a group of women confirm it, and then he protected Antonio. The bishop was just like, "We can't kill a woman." And so, in 1630, Antonio settled in New Spain and established a business as a mule driver. Stabbed. And he probably died. uh, Maybe.
1: (laughs) Went back to jail for the 97th time. This guy needs the fucking chair. This Jeez. guy, what this guy actually <laughs> needs is Jesus. And it's the one thing he's been denying through his entire story. <laughs> he, doesn't,
2: he doesn't want, he doesn't want Jesus. Okay. He also, he died in transport too. Like he is sadly, like he settles oh down, God. right? He settles down. He becomes like a mule driver and he probably just died on the job. And like, there are, there isn't, like, baptismal evidence that, like, Antonio existed, but there are baptismal records that confirm that someone named Catalina went into a nunnery and disappeared, and, like, then people started running into this guy named Antonio that, like, looked similar, and, like, came from the Basque region.
0: Here's my thing. You said he died in transport?
2: Yeah, so, like, He was a mule driver, so, like, he was a transport guy. Okay, well, I didn't know if you meant,
0: like, transport in, like, his mule business, or you meant, like, transport, like, the punishment they used to give for when they sent you to Australia or the colonies in the United States.
2: No, no, no. It was, was like, he died on the job. Like, he died while he was just, like, doing a job. And, like, so... People have obviously, I think, sensationalized his story throughout the centuries. Um, and, like, Antonio has been used in terms of, like, questions of gender identity and, like, sexual orientation. But, like, that's not the real issue here. The real issue is how many times did Antonio go to jail? And how many how many genocides did he participate Too in? Too many. Too many. And... Th- that's the real gay agenda. Oh, that's, just that's a what lot the conservatives of think. The real, I think that's what conservatives think. I think they think that if the gay agenda, like the trans agenda, goes any further, this is where it ends up. It just ends up with murder. <laughs> yeah, I think they think like every trans person is about to turn into Antonio at any given moment. I mean, if given the chance. Um. No, <laughs> <That's just unequivocally laughs> no, false. That, no. I'm I'm not saying that's my. That's what I think the gay agenda is. That's oh, what conservative. That's no where the came from. No, no. Like
0: I, I get it. I understand. But like, it's unequivocally false.
1: It's false.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's wrong. But also, what is the other explanation? They're scared. All right, they're scared that if you give a trans person a big knife,
1: you kill them. They'll kill you. You, someone bro, will you die if, cut your
2: face off if you keep that mentality
0: don't give me a big knife
2: <laughs> don't give anyone a I big knife
0: I think the thing actually I think we should all own more big knives I think that's the, that's the problem with gun
1: violence we've gone, we don't have enough swords we've gone the opposite direction here <laughs> I know I'm just fucking being <laughs> an idiot now
2: um the moral of this story is we should replace all guns with Megan's knives story yes. went moving on went
1: a little long
2: next story it, I told you it was, long. It was a sorry. long story. It's good.
1: <laughs> it's good. But as the podcast dad, I do have to move us along. Fair enough, even though the goofs could keep rolling in. Um, and as the podcast How many dad, I'm also taking us back to World War 2. Yay! Class-
2: a classic. A classic.
1: I know, surprise surprise. Dad brought another World War 2 story to the podcast.
0: Um, uh
1: But tonight, we're going to talk about a group uh, known as the Avengers. And I'm not talking about... yeah. (laughs) My favorite Disney
0: princess, Tony Stark?
1: Yeah. I'm not talking about Tony Stark. Um, Okay. I am talking about uh, a group that called themselves the Avengers uh, after after the the war. Um, So this story technically happens in 1945 but after the end of the war. Okay. Uh, As all of us amateur historians know uh, Hitler and the Nazi Party uh, were responsible for the deaths of 6 million Jewish people which included women and children. It's a very unfortunate tragedy. Um and after the war ended a gentleman by the name of Abba Kovner uh decided okay. that this injustice 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 whatever uh
2: this injustice Huh? This injustice must end. Yeah. Um
1: but he decided that it should not go unpunished the mm-hmm. holocaust uh, yeah. So he decided to assemble a team of 50 Jewish men uh, who were in their 20s. And the aim of this group, uh, the Avengers, was to enact what Kovner referred to as proportional revenge.
0: Um, um, hey, Matt. Yes, sir. Are you about to
1: tell me about real life and glorious bastards? Because if so, I am rock hard. I'm gonna tell you about real life inglorious bastards or at least people who attempted to be real life inglorious Fuck bastards. yeah uh, the plan for these gentlemen, the Avengers uh, was to kill six million Germans oh, so yeah. so seconds ago I said the words pr- proportional revenge um, yeah. and, and so this man's idea, right? Was they killed six million Jewish people? We're gonna kill six million German people. I now, don't. Look, I I agree with you, Zach. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Okay. Because much like Hitler, he also this gentleman also did not care whether they were women or children. He was just like, we need to kill...
2: We're all about the numbers, We need baby. to kill
1: six million Germans to make it equal. Um, and it's I not... know we we are operating looking directly at the saying of, like, an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. Um, yeah. But for this gentleman, he saw no way forward except to let the Germans know that after Auschwitz, and this is a quote directly from him,
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com spoken today.
2: I think that's
1: true. I mean, I agree. And in I... in many cases, unless you live in the South in America... Most people are brought up to learn that the Holocaust happened and that it sucked. Like, I don't want our audience to think that I'm making light of a bad situation. It was a terrible time for an entire, like, cast of people. Um, And that terrible time has not ended. People are still super racist um, (laughs) to Jewish people, which is gross. Yes, Uh, I, I... Yeah, But yes, Zach, I'm right there with you. I don't necessarily agree that uh, the response... I don't think one genocide solves yeah, another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when I first read this story, I was like, you know, this guy sounds kind of cool. And then when I was doing deep dives of like, what his actual plan was, I was like, maybe he's just as crazy as Hitler. Uh, but I also understand, the, like, where he was coming from, right? Like, his entire, this whole group of people had just been slaughtered um, in a genocide, and he was angry. And yeah. I, I can see how, speaking from a position of anger, he would be like, the only response is to kill six million German people uh, indiscriminately. Um, but Kovner believed that uh the current methods of justice at the time were not enough to handle something as profoundly devastating as the holocaust was like there's no way to there was no way for the um i guess them to settle the scale of yeah 6 million deaths on like anyone's there was th- They just thought there was no way, and so this was their kind of idea of how to balance um, the scale. But the movement set up two plans, and both of the plans involved poison. Okay. Um, so, like I was saying, and like Zach has said, um, the idea of killing Nazis is a great one. Uh, killing Nazis has always been a noble practice if you find i na- I'm not gonna say that legally I can't tell you to kill Nazis if you find them but definitely punch them in the but, face um yeah however as I said doing the deep dive and finding out that he was willing to kill six million Germans just in general uh was a bit mm-hmm. of a stretch for me I was like ooh this is giving me the ick Anyways, uh plan A, and this is this is the plan that uh Kovner was hoping would work, was to poison an entire water system in order to cause okay. um, a mass casualty event. Leave the water alone. The plan uh was to target the city of Nuremberg because it had been Nazi headquarters, essentially. It was where Mm-hmm. a vast majority of the the Nazi party had uh had been it was also where mm-hmm. the trials for most of the the Nazi leadership were taking place um but Kovner decided that it would send the strongest message uh to attack there and the way the plan would work is that they would install members of these cells of the Avengers, uh, to have them, like, working at the municipal water stations, and then they would find the places where they could target to do the most damage, and then they would put poison in the water, and they would kind of just fade away, um, and let the devastation happen. Uh, and most of that... Most of that ended up working. They did manage to get someone to work at the, the water plants. They did manage to find the areas where the dispersal of poison would cause the most damage. Uh, they had someone who had the ability to turn on and turn off the water. All this other stuff. Um, where this plan ended up failing was uh, Kovner himself was not able to find or procure any poison. And um, there was a point in time where he was held for questioning by, um, I think it was Mossad, Uh or whatever the early branch of Mossad was back then. Um, mm-hmm. I could be saying that wrong as well. But... He asked them to provide him poison, and they were like, "No, get out of here." Uh,
2: My man's over here being like, "Hey, anybody got some poison laying and around?" They were just like, "Hey, hey like, anybody got some poison? Y'all got some poison? Uh, can you just give me a little poison, please?" If you don't
1: mind giving me a little bit of poison, that'd be great. Hey, just a I, little bit I would of poison, just a appreciate A tiny bit of poison. The poison. A cup, if you the will. The poison for if you Nazis. Nazis poison. Uh, But again, the poison was not for Nazis, and so uh, it was fated to fail. Uh, So he decided to scrap this plan and move on to plan B. And plan B, again, involved using poison, but this time it involved them recruiting a chemist to make the poison for them. They're
2: like, we should get a professional now, on the team.
1: This part of the plan I'm more okay with, and I'll explain why. This plan, plan B, was specifically targeting SS internment camps. So again, for the amateur historians that are in our audience, the SS were like the top of brass of the Nazi Party. Mm-hmm. They were also dickheads. Yes. They, they were also actually Nazis. You know, so killing six million German yes. people, probably a bad idea. Doesn't need to happen. Killing SS agents, I'm a little bit more okay with because they actively took part in killing Jewish people, gay people, all the people that died during the Holocaust. So anyways, yes. plan plan B is for them to target SS internment camps. And the research that they did on these camps was, they found that there was, um... The one camp that they were talking about, I think, was called the Longwasser Camp. And, um... They realized that the food that was being delivered to this camp was cooked in one specific bakery. And then they had um, another Target, which was closer to Dachau, and that also used one Uh specific bakery for the internment camp that they had SS uh, agents at down there, the internment camp down there. So the plan was to get people working in these bakeries and then to poison the baked goods... Uh, that were being sent to the internment camps, and it's important to note that this plan worked. Um, however, it did n- it did not work the way they wanted it to. Okay. Uh, so essentially, the plan was to kill uh, German people. Uh, they did not kill anyone. They just made people sick.
2: Okay. Yep. Um. Which, I'm I'm more mad about. I'd be mad if someone meant to kill me and gave me a bad tummy ache. Instead.
1: Yeah. So uh, the people who got installed into this bakery uh, ended up. They were trying to poison. I think. Upwards of ten thousand uh, loaves of bread that were being shipped, and they had they only had enough time to poison like three thousand of them. Okay. Um, and after after they poisoned the loaves of bread, they fled uh, to Czechoslovakia, and so they like they just poisoned the loaves that they were that they could, and they got them shipped, and, you know, just ran, because why would you stick around? Uh, I guess. So, on the 23rd of April uh, in 1946, uh, 2,283 German prisoners uh, fell ill from poisoning, and of that number, 207 were hospitalized because of the illness. Uh but they did not cause any deaths by by doing this.
2: Alright. They're a little incompetent. So Yeah. <laughs> so a, a lot of people bit.
1: a lot of people have questioned why this might have happened, like why it might have failed. And a lot of people think that they either spread the poison too thin and all it did was give people upset tummies. Um Or that the prisoners who were eating the bread realized that there was something off and didn't eat enough to cause a lethal dose in any of them. Hmm. But when they... (coughs) Excuse me. When they found the bakery, like when they found the evidence in the bakery afterwards, uh, they found that there was enough arsenic to kill 60,000 people. Jeez. So these guys were not fucking around, and that's um, you know, kind of, kind of where the story ends. I mean, they.
2: I wish I had enough poison to kill sixty thousand people. I don't people. think you not do. that I would use it. I, no, I don't want to use it. I just want. I just want to be known as the person <laughs> that has that much. Who has it? Yeah, because can you imagine, like, going into work and your boss is just like, hey, I have something to talk to you about. It's just like, mm, keep you? in mind. Keep in mind. In my back pocket, Just I keep Just have... keep, keep in mind what's in my garage. Jeez. That I could release at so, any moment.
1: So, so one of, was there any, like, repercussions for these people? I think they spent a majority of the remainder of their lives just, like, running away. Okay. Um... But most of them returned to Israel uh, between 1950 and 52. Um, okay. The, uh, the research that I had, sorry, I had a whole mental fucking break just now. The research You're that good. I did, um, most of the people said that they they wouldn't have been able to live with themselves if they had not tried uh to get some sort of revenge against the Germans, um, yeah. there are there are other people who have been interviewed for books and things like that that said um, I, it's sort of just like an echoed sentiment that they they had a right to revenge that they uh, because of the atrocity that was done to them they they had a right to retaliate. Um, so uh, like, again, I, I agree with you. I, I, your quietness has existed throughout this episode. I (laughs) I agree. Killing 6 million Germans is not the way to go. Um, which is why plan B was, you know, it made more sense to me if they had just put all their weight behind plan B, I think it would have been. I would have been rooting for them yeah, a little just, bit more. Yeah. yeah, it would have been a little bit better, but no, I not fighting Glorious Bastards. I think it's, like, quite hard to bastards. be
2: supportive.
1: A little bit less.
2: Yeah, I think it's just, like, hard to be supportive of, like, tit for tat, Especially right? Especially when like the number is six end. million. Yeah, it, well, like, number one, it's unrealistic. Right. Like, number two, it doesn't really solve anything. Right, yeah. Um. And number three, it just kind of sounds like they never really had an amazing grasp on this plan
0: right yeah like
2: if you're messing up how much poison you actually need to get into this water supply where you just end up giving people like a day of a bad tum yeah like i don't know man maybe you should have just like come up with a different maybe you should have like actually spent your time like helping people like get out of the concentration camps or something so the
1: the war was over so there were no like concentration camps for them to dismantle they weren't like it's not like they were trying to save other jews this was specifically revenge they weren't trying to get like the internment camps were for ss officers they weren't they wouldn't okay. have been trying to rescue them they were just trying to kill the prisoners but i also think like i'm also wondering because you'd have to know that you have enough arsenic to kill people like yeah if you're not trying to half ass that you should have killed people you know yeah. what i mean you it killed almost one. makes me think that like maybe they fucked the plan up on purpose because they realized like there, the shouldn't have been, there shouldn't have been a life-taking for a life-taking. Again, yeah. I don't want to, like, I'm not going to speak for what these men were feeling. But I also think, like, if your goal was to kill people, just hijack a car and, yeah. like, blow up the camps. Like, just drive through and run people over. Like, if that's your plan and you're, like if you're trying to make that work just do that but i think oh, i no. think there's probably an element of like we had to scale we had to scale this back because time was running out and then we also decided to just not kill people yeah
0: it's hard to figure out exactly what happened in the end there but
1: yeah yeah uh. But anyway, I mean, the, the sentiment throughout was just like we deserve to get some justice. Yeah, so. And that I get. I just don't know if that was the right way to go. It about wasn't. It. it really wasn't.
0: It wasn't. Well, speaking of a fucked up sense of justice, I am going to do my story. How's that sound? <laughs> that sounds great. Uh, tonight, I am going to bring up a man Who cannot by any means be called a gentleman, but is most certainly heinous. Like Megan's story before.
2: Mine was truly heinous. Yes,
0: this man that I'm about to speak about is also truly heinous. Uh, Tonight, I speak of Hyman. Yes, laugh about it now because I'll never say his first name again.
2: Why? It's so good.
0: (laughs) Hyman G. Neal. Uh, or else he was better wow. known as Hoodoo Brown. Yes. Hoodoo Brown came from an upstanding Southern family in Missouri. Uh, his father moved to Missouri from Virginia where he was practicing law. You see, Hoodoo's daddy was ready to go and join the Confederacy when the Civil War started, but decided that he couldn't go his o- against his oath to support the Constitution as a lawyer, and so he joined the Union like a good upstanding citizen. <laughs>
1: Happens to the Fucking, best of us. I don't know why. What? Happens to the best of us.
0: Happens to the best of us. We want to go support the, the terrible people, and then we decide we can't destroy the Constitution, so we go join the other side instead.
2: Why why does that sound like National Treasure 3? It uh,
0: honestly <laughs> I
2: think it should
0: I, be. Get
2: Nick Cage on the floor. Nicholas Cage. Uh, and <laughs> Nick Cage, we got we got a proposition for you.
0: <laughs> Hoodoo Brown and the Confederate slash Union Gold.
2: Um, yep. And he's just like, I'm in.
0: Um, I'm in. That sounds great. Yeah.
2: Um, why does he always sound asleep? Why is he always what? Why does he always sound like he's asleep? Because he is. Because he is.
0: Um, All right. Fair. Hoodoo's mother dies shortly after Hoodoo is born and doesn't really play much of a role in his life, but you kind of see his family upbringing of this, like, very proper, prim, southern, gentlemanly, like, uppity family. Um, and as a teenager, Hoodoo becomes a printer's devil, which is just a fun way of what? saying a printering press apprentice. What? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, That's a so wild if you're title.
1: Appren- That's amazing.
0: It's amazing. I love it. So, actually, Ben Franklin uh, was a printer's devil for a little while. Uh, I think Ernest Hemingway might have been a printer's devil for a little while. Like, a lot of, like, well-known people were, like, printer's devils for a little while, at least in the literary community. Um, But basically, printer's devils did all the shit work that the printers didn't want to do, like refilling ink and grabbing rags and, like, crawling into tight spaces. Um... And so Hoodoo does this for only a short while until he can't stand fucking doing it anymore. And one day when he is asked to go get rags to clean the press, he gets up and opens the back door as a freight train is passing by and he jumps on the freight train yelling back to the owner of the print shop and I quote, I'm just going to get your damn rags. And he's never seen again. (laughs) I'm just going. I'm just going to get your rags. Don't worry about it.
2: I'm going to get milk, son. I'll be back.
0: (laughs) Pretty much. Uh, And by 1872, Hoodoo was hunting bison and hauling lumber lumber for a measly paycheck uh, while committing to his real passion on the side, which, of course, was gambling and conning people. And he does this until he moves to Colorado to mine some silver for a bit and eventually forms an opera company in Mexico for a while. Like, he, oh, you know, you know, a
2: casual side quest. Yeah. Hoodoo was
0: doing all the side quests before the main mission for sure. <laughs> so uh, printing press apprentice, uh, Hunter, lumber guy, gambler, con artist, silver miner, opera company owner. He's had more jobs than I have and that's crazy. Um but where Hoodoo really comes into his own is when he comes to the illustrious city of Las Vegas. Not the one in the, the illustrious city. Not the one in Nevada though, the one in New Mexico. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right.
2: Oh. I was going to be like, damn, there it is. Goes to Caesar's
1: Palace, loses all this money.
2: (laughs)
0: Yeah, he didn't cruise up to Caesar's 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 Palace. Palace. Caesar's Palace wasn't around in 1879.
1: (laughs) You don't know.
2: No, it was Wait, wait, when was Las Vegas founded? The 50s. Was it? Yeah. Damn. Yeah,
0: Yeah. dude. dude. (laughs) It's so...
2: I can't believe it's so
0: new. It's like the th- between the 30s and the 50s is when the boom of Vegas happens.
2: No, I want to know when, like, little little town Vegas, little dick town Vegas started up.
0: All right, I'll go not, look it up. Not
2: like... Okay, wait, wait, here it is, here it is. Founded 1905. Uh, 1905, okay. So you still got another, like, 15
0: years before that happens. Okay,
2: but, like, we're closer. We're closer. We're, we weren't too far off. No,
0: no, 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 no. Um, yeah,
2: so, little dick town Vegas was being thought about.
0: It was an idea. Um, so New Mexico, Las Vegas was a shitty place filled with a bunch of thieves and hustlers and two-bit con men. It was one of the boom towns. So when, like, all the gold rush happened and everyone kind of was, like, moving out west to go settle the new land these boom towns would happen with mining operations and uh, it would just attract the worst kinds of people because everyone thought they could come make a buck and I hear this and I thought well damn Hoodoo probably would have fucking loved that no wonder he started there and I was wrong because Hoodoo hated it but he really only hated it because he wasn't in charge so what he did classic. what?
2: Classic. Classic. I hate things, too, when I'm I, not in charge. Yeah, I, I hate I hate when things
0: aren't. I'm, I just don't go my way. So he runs for Justice yeah. of the Peace <laughs> and wins,
2: which... That's an electable, that's, a, that's an electoral seat. Back then it was.
0: Justice of the Peace? Yeah. Yep. So... Damn. Justice of the Peace also comes with the side hustle of coroner and mayor... Uh, which is a trifecta I never Cor- knew I needed.
2: Coroner <laughs> and mayor, you say?
0: He's the coroner and the mayor. Ooh. <laughs> the,
2: ju- the judge <laughs> and jury. He's just racking up town
0: titles. So, yeah, <laughs> we'll get to that. Because <laughs> <laughs> Hoodoo goes about trying to fix Las Vegas in his own fucking way, which is definitely not the right way. Because he re- recruits a bunch of former gunfighters from Kansas and forms a loose quote unquote police force in Las Vegas. So
2: I just the more you tell me, I just keep thinking that it's real Las Vegas. Yeah. And, and nothing that you're saying is proving me wrong. He's <laughs> like, Oh, he started up his own police force. Yep to so, and the crimes. And it's like just like real Las Vegas.
0: Yeah, no, the the mob definitely looked at Hoodoo Brown and was like, I think we're gonna do that again.
2: <laughs> but yeah, they they got out like one of the marble notebooks and they were just like, write that down. They looked Shoo at Jimmy. They looked get at the, Hoodoo Brown down. and
0: said, We're gonna do that, but with blackjack and hookers. <laughs>
2: What if what if we take his operation and we just double it? No, just double it. Just double, double it, and it
1: give it to the next guy. <laughs> so
0: Hoodoo and the men that would later become known as the Dodge City Gang went ahead, robbing, murdering, and stealing just about anything they could. And since Hoodoo was the coroner, any time they murdered someone they would just say oh no we have to have a coroner's jury which is where we have people come in and say it was self-defense or it wasn't self-defense and it was murder and guess who was always the jury
1: his Uh, friends
0: that just shot the man wow he was judge judy and executioner Yes, he was Judge Judy and Executioner. So he's sitting there, like, in a mayoral mansion, fucking doing bullshit policy, robbing stagecoaches on the side, and then as the coroner being like, it was an accident. (laughs) Which is wild. And... So, with his position as mayor, as well as his brute squad keeping the peace, it allows him to run the most corrupt town possible that only benefits him and his gang. I think by, like, the end of his heyday, he owned, like, 90% of the town.
1: And whatever he didn't own was, like, paying him protection money. (laughs) Yes.
2: Okay. Yes. We love that journey. What's the point of running a town... If you're not gonna make it work for you, yeah, right. <laughs>
0: he made it work for him, and so now this lawless town is run by lawless, a lawless man, and organized around lawless activities. And the average citizen becomes a mite bit upset. And oh, just a little. Just just a tiny bit, and upset. That's citizens, crazy. I'd be a lot. Yeah, only only a tiny bit. Uh, upset citizens do the only thing that upset citizens know how to do, and that is revolt. They and are so revolting. In the summer of, yeah, they are revolting. Uh, in the summer of 1880, a group of vigilante citizens drag Hoodoo out of his mayoral mansion and kick him out of the entire state of New Mexico. He's no longer allowed you in New to... Mexico or else he's shot on sight hell yes
2: (laughs) bro you gotta leave you gotta leave the whole state and he eventually
0: makes his way down to texas and further down to mexico and that's kind of where he drops off uh because no one actually knows how (laughs) does he jump on another train he jumped on another train down to mexico um no one knows how hoodoo brown died all we know is that at some point he had a common law wife and he fathered a son that eventually moves up to uh virginia with hoodoo's brothers and family and like gets an actual education um but a woman by the name of elizabeth brown that may have been that common law wife although it is never confirmed claimed that hoodoo brown was shot dead in a gambling dispute which makes a lot of sense for how hoodoo lived his life it does it's not a big story, I, but I think it's just wild that this man came in and was like, I don't wanna hold a steady job and it's the old West, so I'm gonna run for mayor and just
1: fuck this whole town up. <laughs> and I it mean, worked.
2: So I was I, gonna say
1: at least he didn't go around and murder a lot, but he by oh, the sounds he, he kinda did. So a
2: lot no, of murder. I think and he you know did. what? He got
0: away with it too, because he was the coroner. Because he
1: was the judge, Judy and executioner.
2: Exactly. So I say this to my mom a lot and I get really mad that like older people could just kind of do whatever they wanted and they benefited from it and because they did that stuff we then made laws so no one else could do that stuff Um, and I can't go out west and found my own town and make it work for me because this guy did it and then we made laws saying hey
1: fucking ruined it for Um, the rest of us
2: well like so it obviously like that's an extreme example but like it's kind of with a lot of stuff that happened with the whole manifest destiny like uh villain arc that Mm -hmm. the United States had. Like, you go out west, and, like, there kind of is, like, this unfettered (sighs) amount of freedom that you had where you could just be like, I want five million acres for two dollars. And the American government's like, yeah, sounds good. And then, like, you just make a shit ton of money. And, like, then your family ends up becoming so rich because, like, your great-grandfather bought an entire state for $0. Yeah. You you can't do that anymore. Because people like this guy ruined it for everyone.
1: <laughs> like... Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> this fucking guy. Come on, Hoodoo.
2: Listen, this is, it's fucked up, all right? If I can't do it, it's, I'm mad that somebody else got to do it. <laughs> yeah, right?
0: <laughs> like Hoodoo Brown, I'm upset that I didn't get there first. <laughs>
2: I'm upset that I didn't get there first. All right, wait, so now I gotta bust my balls? Like, (laughs) working an hourly job? That's garbage. Fuck
0: no. Bullshit.
2: Well, no, fuck yes, I'm doing it. (laughs) Like, God, old people ruin everything. That's what we're gonna end on tonight. Old
0: people ruin everything. And here comes Ronald
1: Reagan. (laughs) (laughs) Burn a brew.
0: And with that note, Uh, Hey everyone, thanks for listening in to our fun little uh, soiree into the wacky world of history uh, that we do every other week here on What the Fuck History. I don't know why I'm getting all weird and official with it, but fuck it, why not? (laughs) I'm tired. It's been a day. Um, If it would be so easy and so kind of you to do, we'd appreciate it if you would go on to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and give us a rating and review It is the easiest fucking thing you can do. Uh, We actually have some new reviews on Apple Podcasts. We have one from... Yep. We have one from Brittany38572 that says highly recommend a win-win-win if you're into learning a little history, but also laughing, but also want a casual podcast of friends bantering. The three hosts tell an unknown or weird story from history each episode, often interrupted by funny tangents. not a podcast for, for those with type A OCD. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't agree more myself, Brittany. Literally, literally yes. all we do is Just banter. Go off on tangents we're doing it now that's so funny but thank you Brittany for your wonderful review and if you could go on to Apple Podcasts or or Spotify and give us a rating and review it is a super free and super easy way to help get us a little bit more recognition also if you
1: want to type a review uh, or put a review in cuneiform and send it via stone tablet we will accept (laughs) those as well As long as it's not about the shitty copper plates we have. Yeah, don't fucking come for my copper sales.
0: Yeah. Um, But the other way you can help us out is just by following us on our social medias. You can find us uh, on Instagram at the underscore triumvirate underscore productions. You can find us on Facebook if you look up the triumvirate productions and you can also find us on Patreon. If you go to www.patreon.com slash productions, we have a whole bunch of bonus content available for you there, including What the Fuck After Dark, where we take all of the snippets that we have before and sometimes after each show, and we put them together for you to enjoy. Uh, also, at higher levels, you can get unedited episodes that include the before and after, as well as a couple of other little outtakes that happen in between our stupid shenanigans uh, and you also get your episodes a day earlier than everyone so if you want to support us monetarily we'd appreciate it if you can't just follow us or head on over to apple podcasts or uh spotify and give us a like and a rating and we'd really appreciate it and with that matt i turn it over to you Joe,
1: it's my turn now mm-hmm. all right audience yep i'm gonna update you on a thing You've probably heard my voice going in and out, and that's because, uh, you know, I'm sitting in a very uncomfortable chair and I've had to move positions several times to be comfortable. But those of you that have listened to the unedited version of this podcast probably heard a few weeks ago when uh, a, a loud metal bang happened in my recording space. And I momentarily paused to ask the question, what the fuck was that history? And um, it turned out to be the chair that I was sitting on was falling apart whilst I was sitting on it. (laughs) And I just didn't know that it was very close to deterioration. So had I died on that evening, I would not be here to ask you this question. I know. It was a long audience. I get it. I understand. That was a long (laughs) roundabout way to get to where we're at now, but, like, stick with me. Because now I'm going to ask you the question. Ready? What the fuck, history?